Thank you to our music group for leading us into the presence of God and who He is. Uh, we're continuing on in our series, and uh, thinking about a world of warriors. A friend of mine uh, had struggled with worry and anxiety in his life. Um, it, it got worse. He was he was uh, worried and afraid, fearful about going to work that things wouldn't be good there. Uh, he'd have trouble sleeping at night. He, you know, he just it was disquieted. He, he, he didn't even at times he couldn't even say what he was worried about, but he was worried. He was anxious, and uh, he could get panicky at times, and uh, it, it was fearful. And he didn't know what to do. It, it upset his stomach. He didn't feel like eating. And it, it would come and go and just kind of seize him. And, and worry is the kind of thing that is on, uh, that, that a lot of us may face. Concerns over jobs and finances and uncertain economic times. Anxious uh, about exams and public speaking and schoolwork and Friends and self-conscious about appearance and wondering whether you be loved or accepted at, at school, uh, afraid that you won't be. The health, uh, maybe maybe uh, a tough diagnosis, and you've gone to the ultimate bad place, thinking about that, worrying about that. What about your health, um, safety and security? Um, kids staying out of trouble and not getting into harmful things that hurt them. It's interesting that over a year's period, publishing houses found that there was a 25% increase in one year over books on worry. Um, And it seems like there can be an endless number of things that cause us uh, to be anxious and, and to struggle and to have fear and anxiety and, and if you're a worrier, if you're that type of person, you may find that you worry because you're not worrying even. You're worried because you don't have anything to worry about, and you're so used to worrying. Um, our son was going off to uh, college in Ottawa, and he was supposed to, he was looking for a place to stay. And we were driving him to Ottawa from London and um, he had no uh, he had no place to stay. Now Gerda has a sister in Ottawa, but she was a relatively newlywed, and we didn't think that was good for him bunking in with newlyweds. And so we said, Ryan, you've got to find a place. And here we are, driving him with his stuff to Ottawa, and he has no place to stay. And Gerda and I are kind of freaking out a little bit. You know, we're going to dump our kid in Ottawa and, and, you know, good, good riddance to you. Good luck, you know. Um, but worry, it can have a devastating effect on us. Um, you can literally make yourself sick over worry. And, and uh, you know, just seeing some of the things that happen. Uh, stress hormones can lower your IQ, can cause premature aging, digestive issues in, in patterns, sleep, uh, sleep problems. You oversleep or you, you can't get to sleep or you can't wake up. Or it leads to depression in some cases, harms relationships. 
and, and people are looking like, how, how do I deal with the worry and, and the anxiety that I have in my life? And sometimes they turn to medicine, uh, either prescribed or unprescribed, or alcohol or harmful habits or something to get them by. And, and uh, so, I mean, this is something that a lot of us are going to deal with at times. You may be worried about things right now. There may be things in your life that you're, you're, you're so concerned. And, and even when I start and talk about this, you find yourself churning inside. Well, Jesus knew and understand that we can be prone to worry. And last week's passage, uh, we see that Jesus instructed us about the treasures that we have. And we are to treasure him above uh, all else. That we're to, we're to commit ourselves totally to him and think uh, of laying up treasures in heaven, not just treasures on earth. Uh, you can't be devoted to God and money, we learned last week. And how do you care for yourself? If you're so devoted to God, maybe there are going to be things in your, in your world that are, are going to be a tough for you to, to manage and to handle. And we live, after all, in a material world, in a, in a physical world where we need to take care of those things. And, you know, you can be maybe thinking it's a little pie in the sky. I'm just going to be a really spiritual person. But what about my day-to-day stuff? And in this, Jesus not only admonishes to put himself, put him first in our life and, and to lay up treasure in heaven and to treasure God and the things of God, but he's well aware of our makeup as well. And to this concern and worry uh, of potential worry and anxiety, um, Jesus speaks. In, uh, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, And what he wants us to know is that kingdom citizens shouldn't worry. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a part of his kingdom, if you're following him, he doesn't want uh, worry to be a part of your life. He doesn't want this to be something that you struggle with. And so in this little passage, there are three commands not to worry. Um, He says in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, Therefore, you're concerned about, about your life, not just spiritual things, but living in a material world. I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I tell you, do not worry. Uh, that is a command. This is not optional for us. Can can I be so bold as to say, if you're worrying and worrying that that's sin, because God's plan and purpose for you and what Jesus wants is that you you should not worry. So he tells us, therefore, do not worry. Um, In in verse 31, so do not worry. And verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow and on and on. Do you get the picture? You know, some of us are slower, so we need to, you know, command, command, command. And on top of that, there are three other admonitions about worrying and, and, uh, and not to be worriers. Jesus can be pretty definitive about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. Um, but I don't know, do you, do you find sometimes... God asks us to do things that we're going like, okay, say don't worry, but I, like I do worry. There are things. You can tell me not to do something, but 
Help me. How do, I, how do I do this? And so really the rest of the passage is going to be something uh, that is not, not just don't do this, but I'm going to tell you how that you can uh, beat worry, how you can defeat worry. How do you defeat worry after all? The rest of the passage is going to give us uh, some guidance on that. So the first thing we come up to is know that God who gives life can sustain life. The God who gives life can sustain life. He says in uh, verse 25, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Your life. What you eat and drink of your body, what you wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Your life. Know that God who gives life can sustain life. Now, you know, think about it. God created us, um, and, and the big picture in life is that we owe him. He, he created us, and, and if he can create us, can he not also sustain us? Can he not also provide for us? Can he not also deal with the things that come in our life? If he can create us, can't he take care of us? If God has that purpose for us, can he at the same time also provide what's needed to sustain life? Can I say yes to that? At the time when the United States of America were under formation, um, there was a prevalent kind of theology that was called deism. And deism believed in a God who was powerful and a creator and who set um, into motion um, laws that, by which our universe would function. And, and so God provided all this to govern the universe. And then he just took his hands off the world and off us and just moved away and, and left us to our own devices. And he became distant and uninvolved in the world. But that's not... Uh, that's not a right theology. That's not what happened at all. Um, he was, that same God is the God who not only created us, not only created all of what we see around, but he is the God who loves us, who cares about us, who not only created us, but didn't abandon us. He is with us. And he gives us two examples from nature that help us underscore the concern that God has and the care for he has us for us that should alleviate some of the worry that we may uh, be subject to. So uh, we're going to go to the birds. And uh, he wants us to think through uh, creation and a couple of things, examples that he has. And one is the example of the birds. And he says in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more valuable than they? I want you to look at the birds. He says, let's get rational here. I want you to consider. I want you to think. I want you to process this. If I created the, the birds that you see, Um, And I provide for them. They don't cultivate. They don't sow. They don't reap and harvest. They don't build barns and put it away. God 
cares for them. In Psalm 145, verse 16, says to the Lord, You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every little, every living thing. If God loves and cares for the birds and provides for the birds, and, and by the way, we're reminded uh, in, in Luke 12 that you could buy two sparrows for a penny. I mean, they're worth nothing. In fact, if you want to spend two pennies... You can get five sparrows. And yet, he says, you know, not one of them falls to the ground that, the, that your heavenly father doesn't know. Uh, he, he, their value is so negligible. And there's no comparing us to them. God says, you are infinitely worth, uh, worth uh, infinitely more than any little bird that's out there. So don't worry if God will take care of the birds, God will take care of you. Birds instinctively uh, trust God who provides for them. Trust God and he will meet your needs. Isn't that what, uh, when Jesus taught us to pray a little back a a chapter uh, or, or in the same, earlier in the same chapter, he said, give us this day our daily bread. You know, if you were, if you were a contract worker, you went to work, you did a day's work, you got paid for it, you ate. He says, with God, he said, look to God to provide for your needs. Uh, look, look to him, and, and, and daily, he will provide for you. So stop, stop worrying, stop worrying. If God cares about the little birds, he cares about you. Well, he goes on to say that, Worry is absolutely futile. Why would anybody... It's a waste of time to worry. Here's what he says. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It it doesn't do you any good. Worrying is a waste of time. It accomplishes nothing. It can't add an hour to your life. But I bet you it can take a whole lot of hours away from your life. And maybe days and, and, and weeks and months and even years. You can make yourself sick with worry. You can, you can hurt in, in your, your body. So why would you do it? Uh, it? It robs you of what God has for you. And rationally it doesn't make sense. Because everything you worry about doesn't help the situation at all. Well, he gives us a second example from nature. And the second example is the example of flowers. Um, Probably wildflowers that were growing in the countryside. I know, I know, Gerda and I have taken a walk. Uh, There's some paths near our place. And and you wouldn't believe some of the wildflowers that are growing there. And so you can make a nice bouquet of wildflowers uh, just down the street from us. And, and uh, he says here about the flowers, why do you worry about your clothes? These are the necessities of life. Lord, I want to be a spiritual person, but what, what about having something to eat and something to wear, the, the basic necessities of life? I, I worry about that. He says, don't worry. He said, why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor is dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? If he takes care of the birds, 
Are you not worth more than the birds? Think and rationalize, he said. If the flowers that grow have more splendor than Solomon in all his glory. Um, think, of, think of Solomon. I, I mean, here's, here's a guy who, whose opulent wardrobe uh, outdid anything that anybody had. Um, he had in there um, the finest of materials, the finest craftsman, uh, craftsmanship, the colors uh, and dyes that they would have to go a long way to get certain colors and dyes. And, and he says, you know, you look at the simple flower that God plants, and it's so much more beautiful than all of what Solomon could wear. The color, it doesn't, doesn't even match the kind of dyes that people are using to, to, to make, to try and beautify themselves. He, he, Solomon can't hold a candle to this little, um, this, this little flower. And yet here he says the striking truth is that the flower is here today, and it's gone. It, uh, it has such a transient nature. And he says, aren't you more important? It just ends up getting thrown in, in the fire. Now, if I want to do something for Gerda that really will resonate with her, it's to buy her flowers. If there's anything that I struggle buying, it's flowers. <laughs> and I'll show you why. Last Saturday night when we got home from our journey, our daughter and our granddaughter came over. We had no food in the house because we were getting rid of it to be away. And uh, so Jillian said, I'll go with you, Dad, and we'll pick up something. So this great supporter of her mother, she said, Dad, why don't you buy Mom some flowers? I said, I don't want to. (laughs) She said, come on, Dad, you know how much Mom loves. Okay, get some flowers. So she got these flowers, and the next day, the one on the left, like it was done, it was deeged, and I'm going, I paid money for that thing, and it didn't last 12 hours, like, this is, you know, and, and, and God says, if I care about something like a flower that's here and gone, don't you think I care far more about you. Don't you think I'll care for you? Don't you think I'll take care of you? If God clothes the flowers of the field that are here today and gone tomorrow and thrown and burned, then won't he clothe you? Won't he take care of you? Yes. Trust him. Well, worry also betrays a lack of trust. Uh, When we worry, it shows that we're not trusting in God. Um, Here's what he says. You of little faith. You you don't believe that I can take care of you. You don't believe that that I can undertake for you. And when you worry, you're saying to God, I can't trust you with my life. I can't trust you with my problems. I can't trust you with my difficulties. And the question is, if God is able to do all of that, whatever, whatever your need is, he says, You've got to stop struggling and put your faith and trust in him. Worry is is something that's not going to do you any good. If you're struggling with worry, it's a matter of trust in God. Oh, you of little faith. 
You're supposed to trust God with your life, with your needs, with your problems. And this doesn't mean that your life won't have challenges. God never promised we wouldn't have challenges or struggles. Uh, and if you have stressors that, that, that you're, um, you, you can't say that, well, I guess I'm not in God's will, or God doesn't love me, or God doesn't care about me because I have problems or difficulties in my life. That's not the case at all. In fact, in Romans 8, 28, it says, um, uh, for us, t- we know that in all things, that in all things, good and bad, tough and, and wonderful in everything, God is at work in us. To will and to do of his good pleasure to for those who are his children. He, he is going to weave all of those things into something to make us more than what we could ever be. So we can't, we can't say, you know, I can trust God, but now I'm, I'm having this tough time and the, these stresses in my life. We don't have to worry or fret about that. God is still in control. He's still working. He's still caring for us. So don't worry. Don't worry. And he goes on to say, remember this, that your heavenly father knows what you need. You know, you know my name. Isn't it incredible? The, 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 The creator of the universe, the sustainer of everything in this vast universe, he knows my name. And, and, and that means more than he just knows that I'm Kevin. He knows Kevin intimately, inside and out. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Um, we obsess about our needs. We worry. Uh, we, we think um, we, we can think the way that people think who are not believers. Don't live the way that people who are not believers live. Here's what he says. So don't worry saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what shall we wear? For these, for the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He said, people who are non-believers, people who don't believe in me, um, he, he said, they're pursuing that stuff. They're freaked out about it. They're worried about it. They're consumed not with treasures in heaven. They're, they're not consumed with, with what they have, uh, what, what God wants them to have. They're chasing after this stuff. And he says, don't be like them. You don't have to be. Your heavenly Father understands what your needs are. The one who is the creator and sustainer also enters into an inf- intimate relationship with you that you can call the creator of the universe, Daddy, my Father. Jesus elsewhere says, if your earthly fathers who are basically evil know how to do good for you. I mean, you ask, uh, you ask for a fish, they don't give you a snake. You ask for bread, they don't give you a stone. Your, your, your earthly fathers, are comparing to God, are not good like God is. I mean, as dads, we can mess up and we can be self-centered and all the rest. And God is so perfect. And your heavenly father, he's so much more. Can't you trust him? He invites you. He calls you his own. He makes you his child. He, he provides for you and he knows your needs. And this, is, this just isn't, um, I didn't have to, Tell God what he, what he, uh, I, he needs to know because he knows. That, that knowledge that God have, has of us is a knowledge that goes beyond that. It's not just knowing who I am. It's knowing everything about me. It's not just that. You know, it's, it's knowing with care. It's his care 
and love for us. You have a heavenly Father that cares about you. And He is comparatively so far beyond what your earthly Father could ever be or do for you. And He says, I know you. I know what your needs are, and I care for you, and I will respond. So don't react as people who are not God's children, who are not followers of Jesus, who are not uh, believers, who worry and try and fix it on their own, and they go through all of that stuff. You have a heavenly Father who will care for you. And then he says, you need to prioritize God's kingdom and his values, and everything will fall into place. Here's what he says in verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You're so worried, you're concerned. He he says, don't don't worry and don't fret about that. Make God your priority. What what, uh, Pastor Daniel was talking about last week about about seeking the kingdom of God, uh, about treasuring Jesus Christ. And, and, tre- and laying up treasures in heaven that will last eternally. Uh, prioritize God's kingdom and God's desires. And, and his per- pursue what he wants. He is the, the kingdom of God is concerned with living a life under God's rule. His desires, his priorities, his values, his righteousness or right kind of living that is God honoring. Thy kingdom come is how you live. Uh, I want God's kingdom to be fulfilled in my life. And when we put God central, he takes care of all the rest. And that's why the Apostle Paul could write to the Philippians and and understanding uh, the struggles they were going through and the problems they had and how faithful they were to God. And he says in Ephesians uh, 4.19, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches through Christ Jesus. You see, when you put God in the place that he should be, he'll take care of the rest. That's, that's what he says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these other things, they'll be taken care of. Put God first. Hey, where is God in your life? Is he, is he the last thing you do when you've got a problem, when you, when you order your time? Is everything, everything for what you want and what you desire? Or, or have you put him truly in the first place are eternal issues of greatest um, concern for you don't worry god will take care of you and one last one that is live one day at a time it's kind of tough isn't it because you're thinking about what's going on tomorrow you're thinking what's happening next week you're thinking of the things that you have to do and he says live one day at a time. 500 years ago, Michelle Montagne uh, said this, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. Is that you? It's estimated that the greatest percentage, more than 85% of what you worry about never comes to pass. And yet you can expend so much energy and so much hurt and, 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 and drag yourself down with it, and it, and it never happens. Um, my husband's not home yet. I wonder if he's been in an accident. You know, we, we got him in an accident and in a casket and, and because he's late. 
Um, or or a, there's a fire, I hear a fire engine. I wonder, is that, are they going to my place? Maybe they're going to my place. You know, people think this kind of stuff. I'll probably fail the exam. Um, those of you young people who like go, oh, I just think I, I just blew it totally. I did terribly. And then you get it back and it's 97%. You guys really bug me. Because <laughs> I, had, I had good reason for worry. Be, but, it, but it's like, you know, it, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. And, and Jesus says, that's not how you live your life. He said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry. Don't carry that. Don't don't worry about tomorrow. You can't do a thing about it. Except study. You can study today. And if you study, you have less to worry about, right? Um, And so here we are, wasting time and energy, dragging ourselves down for all the things that could happen that never happen. But if you trust God, you don't have to worry. You don't have to carry tomorrow's burdens today. That's a waste and it's useless and it doesn't help. It only hurts. Worry is not what God wants for you. God wants you to live a life of peace and freedom from worry. And don't come to succumb to the tendency to worry and, and, and rather trust God who created you, who sustains you, who provides for you, cares for you, loved. Trust him. Well, let me tell you about my friend. My friend who struggled with worry, um, he kind of got that straightened out with God. He, he, he began to put God in the center of his life and he found that wasn't happening. And, and uh, he, he would find sometimes it would s- seem to start to creep in and, and he would just take control of that situation and recenter his life in Christ and, and, uh, and to, uh, to pray and, and find freedom in that way. How about our son? So we're sitting at our, our uh, sister-in-law's place with her husband and our son and all his stuff unloaded and thrown into their house, not knowing where he's going to be. And a friend of his phoned and got in touch with us at Gerda's sister's house. And I uh, said, Ryan, the phone's for you. Uh, he took it. Very few words. Okay, that'd be great. And hung up. He had a place to stay. <laughs> and then he said, and I could have throttled him for this one. He said, there, I didn't even have to make a phone call. (laughs) Uh, So maybe we needed to learn a lesson from that, uh, that he wasn't as concerned and as worried as parents are. Hey, but we don't give ourselves a pass on all of these things either. In Isaiah, the prophet says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Are you trusting in God? What is it that's keeping you awake at night? What's the, what is it that's causing your gut to churn? Do you know what? God doesn't want you to worry and be anxious and be stressed out. He says, give it to me. Put me in the center of your life. Know how valuable and how important you are. And I will care for you. I will meet your needs. Put me, put me first. And all of these other things will be okay. Don't worry and trust him. 
your heavenly father has everything under control. Let's not waste time and energy in that, okay? This is what God has for us. Father, thank you for what we have in you. Thank you for your provision for us. Thank you for the way that you have cared for all of our needs. And Father, we come to you and we, are, we have a tendency to slip back and to worry and to take things into our own hands. And I pray that you'd help us to, you'd give us a grander vision of who God is, that you'd help us as we live uh, in, in a world that is full of reasons for problems and for worry and being stressed out, yet you don't want that for us. And so I pray that we will lean upon your faithfulness, upon your goodness, upon the relationship we have with you, and that we will not be people bound by worry. Release us from that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.